Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on go to Dobbs.com now. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. That's former Blue Superstar defenseman Jamie Rivers. He's Alex Ferrario, and I'm Brandon Kylie. Excited to go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Anthony Castrovince is a baseball writer for MLB.com. He's an analyst for the MLB Network. He's on Twitter at his last name, at Castrovince. He's joining us here on 101 ESPN. Anthony, always appreciate the time, man. How are you doing today? Guys, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thrilled to have you. So uh, let's start with a tweet that I saw from you earlier today, and we went over some of the uh, who says no trades that MLB.com put out, and you responded to that piece saying, if Cleveland were to get a top 10 prospect from a good system, their $20 million of salary relief and another prospect piece, they'll have done well because Lindor's name value is unfortunately greater than his trade value one year away from free agency and with so many teams watching their money closely. This has been the single biggest storyline, as you can probably imagine, that we've been following here in St. Louis. Do you think that the Cardinals have what it would take to make a hypothetical trade with the Indians if they wanted to? Uh, yeah, in terms of you know trade pieces, certainly. It's the, the difficulty, I think, for the Cardinals and a lot of teams is the Lindor is going to make around $20 million in arbitration. So, you know, taking that on uh, and giving up prospect talent or, or just young talent in general, you know, big league ready talent for a, you know, a pending free agent is a difficult sell, particularly in this, in this off season, we're in post uh, post a pandemic season and still in the midst of the pandemic. So that that's where it gets tricky. And you referenced that uh, piece we have on MLB.com today and no disrespect to my colleagues who, compiled that piece but I think all of the trades on there are a little bit ambitious in terms of what the Indians could get back in this deal because um, I, I just think it's gonna be a difficult marketplace to get you know the, the right value for a superstar player like Lindor we saw that even before the pandemic with Mookie Betts and, and the trade the Dodgers made for him um, the return the Red Sox got was viewed as that yeah, was good but maybe you know not up to the quality that maybe some people thought for Mookie Betts but just goes to show when a guy's you know pending free agency um, you know, his, his value takes a real hit. So, yeah, the, the Cardinals certainly have the pieces. and But I, I do wonder, they're one of those teams I, I wonder if would actually take on the money, which obviously the Indians aren't going to swallow, you know, $20 million or even half of that uh, to get a deal done. One of the impetuses behind the deal is, is moving that money. So you referenced the story, and just for any of our listeners that are just now joining us wondering, hey, what, what was the deal? What would be too ambitious for the Indians? The the deal was Harrison Bader, Tommy Edmond, Johan Oviedo, and Angel Rondon going to the Indians for Francisco Lindor. 
you view that as too ambitious for the Indians? Because a lot of our audience would say, oh, my God, make that deal in a heartbeat. Like, you you gotta be, you're telling me we can get rid of Harrison Bader, who a lot of the Cardinals fans are done with. And then Johan Oviedo, who's a, a nice prospect, and Tommy Edmond for Francisco Lindor in deal sold. <laughs> well, everybody's going to value different players differently. So, again, I mean, Lindor – He's coming off his worst season. Now, I don't know how much teams are going to read into that in general. I mean, we played 37% of the season this year. So I, I'm not one to ding his trade value too much just because he had a you know pedestrian year by Francisco Lindor standards. But you are talking about only one year of control. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, you know, a prospect like Oviedo is uh, – let me see where he's ranked in the Cardinals. He's number 10. 12 I mean, like right said, now. He's number 12, yeah. I mean, it, it's a it's a pretty good system, so that's that's not a high caliber. Problem. I could understand why Cardinals fans would would probably uh, you know <laughs> gravitate towards that particular trade. Um, the the point is, it's not going to cost you a Dylan Carlson, you know, to get to get a Lindor. Uh, you think about a prospect like Matthew Liebertor, you know, that strikes me as as a guy who could uh, you know headline, I, I guess, uh, a deal. I don't know what the Indians are specifically going to target in this. They obviously are a pitching rich organization. So I would imagine they will target position player talent in, in a trade like this. They certainly need the help, especially at the big league level. Um, so young outfielders in general might have some appeal to them. Harrison Bader in particular, you know, that's, that's not, you know, not a, not a tremendous amount of, of surplus value there with Harrison Bader with, with the year he had. So, um, but I guess what I'm saying is that one of the, of the ones we have on that particular piece that we're referencing, that one's probably less egregious than some of the others uh, that are on there. If you look at like the red trade in particular, uh, I think we, we might've overcooked that one a little bit. Um, but yeah, the, the Cardinals one is, is cl- probably closer to being sensible, um, you know, depending on, on what the Indians value here. All right, Anthony. So we talk about just now we're identifying the, you know, the difficulties of maybe getting a trade put together, but let's be honest, the real difficulty is signing this player after, right? And so if that's the case, yeah. based on what we're hearing locally here with the Cardinals, like signing Lindor afterwards is probably not going to be easy. So that brings me back to what we've been talking to for about the last couple of days is there really is only a couple of suitors then. You look at the Dodgers, you look at the yeah. Yankees, you look at the Mets now who you look like they're going to spend a lot of money. After that, pretty much every other team is like, now ah, we're losing money. We're kind of out of this thing. Yeah, you know, a sleeper for me, and maybe it's not even so much of a sleeper anymore because we've been talking about it so much the last couple of weeks, but the Blue Jays strike me as a team that could certainly do this. They have the financial flexibility, and, and that's one where there might be incentive for them to make a trade like this because they, they struggle to attract, uh, you know, top-of-the-market free agents uh, to come play in Canada. And if this were a normal situation, if we were certain they were playing in Toronto next year, which it's impossible to be certain of that right now, um, that would be a really good opportunity to get a player like Lindor, get him comfortable there, get him, have him experience a year in, in Toronto, which is you know, one of the great cities in the world, and then maybe have a better chance of, of signing him, extending him. Um, now, of course, they might be playing in Buffalo again next year. For all we know, so that kind of, That's a tough sell. Right? Yeah, so a little different, but um, – but just just this example of of a team that's you know not one of the you know the marquee teams necessarily, but but certainly has the pieces and and probably the financial flexibility to do this. St. Louis, you know, we saw them with Paul Goldschmidt. They he he got very quickly comfortable in that clubhouse uh, in spring training. They were able to extend him after trading for him. I don't, you know, anytime 
a team makes an acquisition like this, there, there is value to that because guys like to be comfortable. However, they also like the absolute top dollar. And I don't know if that's going to come in St. Louis, you know? So um, I will say though, and this is not necessarily just about Lindor, but just you look at next winner's free agent market and you, and you have Lindor, you have Javi Baez, Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, um, who am I leaving out? Uh, Trevor Story. Uh, Did you mention Story? Trevor Story. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a loaded free agent class. So, one or more of those guys, it, it would probably be in their best interest to sign an extension between now and opening day, just because that game of musical chairs is going to be interesting. And there's, bottom line is there's, for what, for the level of contracts those guys will be looking for, there's going to be, you know, probably not enough uh, teams to go around. So, you know, maybe there would be value to Lindor signing an extension wherever he lands this winter. We're talking to Anthony Castrovins here on 101 ESPN, baseball writer for MLB.com and analyst for MLB Network. Anthony, what kind of money do you think we're talking about? Like if the, if the Cardinals, I don't think they're going to, but if they were to stun all of us and they decided to make a trade like this for Francisco Lindor and they wanted to, as quickly as possible, re-sign him long-term, what do you think that would take? Well, it's my understanding the Indians were willing to discuss the parameters of a deal in the in the two hundred million dollar range, and you don't even get a meeting, uh, you know, with, the, with this with this player at that number right now, or at least not last winter. Now, you know, as much as the pandemic has changed things, I don't think it's changed Francisco Lindor's uh, you know view of himself and, and how he values himself. Nor should it. So, um, so I, you know, I, I think it has to begin with a three, uh, you know, the three hundred million plus range. Um, it's a steep deal, and, and again, in a, in a moment where the industry at large is is trying to scale back or, or just be more, you know, thoughtful with how they dole out the dollars in, in the wake of the 2020 season, the Cardinals in particular have made some pointed public remarks about that, and, and you know, the, the lack of attendance and how that affects them, how much they depend on game day revenues. So I understand that. Um, so I, I, I just don't know if it's the you know, the right environment for that particular team, again, to take on $20 million for one season and, or, you know, extend him at, at the number it would probably take to, uh, to get him to sign the dotted line. All right, Anthony, look, we talked about teams wanting to cut cost and, and basically try to get through all this, but then we have another entity in the New York Mets where the owner has come out publicly and basically said, like, I want a World Series yesterday type thing. <laughs> what kind of an influence can the Mets have on this market? And if there are no other teams that are ready to throw the money in like the Mets and go after players, can we be looking at a situation where the Mets could literally fast forward into a contender immediately? You know, they're already – they already were had all the makings of a contender just hadn't come together. They had some injuries and you know, they, they're the Mets. Things tend to get a little wonky there sometimes. Now maybe that whole culture will change with a new owner, but you know, they've had their issues certainly. And uh, you look at their offense. Um, like we can look at adjusted stats for offense, OPS plus weighted runs created plus, and they're up there with the Dodgers last season in terms of their production. Um, they needed help in the bullpen. They needed depth and rotation beyond Jacob DeGrom. And that's what I expect them to target. I also expect them to target a center fielder. Um, they'll be tied to anybody who's anybody in this uh, free agent or trade market. I do think uh, in light of some of the moves they made under Brody Van Wagenen, there, there's probably just more for them. It's probably better served to just buy up talent as opposed to trading for talent because their farm system has taken some hits in the upper levels and they need to preserve what, what little depth they have. 
So, uh, you know, I, George Springer certainly makes a lot of sense for them. You know, name a starting pitcher. That guy makes sense for them to start that with Trevor Bauer. Um, name a reliever. That makes sense for them because they need help from the bullpen. So, um, you know, I, I don't put it past them. We were talking about Lindor a moment ago or, or Nolan Arenado or any of these, you know, big names in, in the trade market. I don't put it past them to do any of that. But I do think, again, with where their farm system's at, probably makes the most sense to just, you know, spend your way through this thing because they have, you know, overnight they they have the uh, the, the richest owner in baseball. And also, he's a new owner, so he wasn't affected one iota by uh, by the pandemic shortened season. So that gives them a huge leg up in free agency. Anthony, last question that I've got for you. I'm going to put you in John Mosellock's shoes, and you are now running the Cardinals this offseason, and you have a very limited budget to be able to go improve yeah. this team, and we know they could use some improvements. What do you do? Who, who who are you looking at? How how do you improve what their current roster is? Are you bringing back Wayno and Yachty? What is Anthony Castrovince as the general manager for the Cardinals doing this offseason with limited funds? Yeah, and that's that's the key there is the limited funds. I mean, I like their pitching depth overall, um, you know, especially relative to the rest of the NL Central. Um, and on some level, you're just going to be counting on. I mean, your your biggest upside is probably going to come internally. You know. Does Dylan Carlson pan out? Tyler O'Neill, Lane Thomas. I mean, they need these guys to hit. Um, you know, that's that's going to have a greater impact than probably anything they're realistically going to do in free agency. And we can have these pie in the sky ideas of a Nolan Arnato trade or a Trevor Story trade or a Francisco Lindor trade. But at the end of the day, they need their, you know, their their homegrown types to uh, to hit, and they also need a time machine to go back and get Randy Rosarina and and, uh, <laughs> and Luke Voigt. But um, so yeah, me me as a GM in, in a limited budget situation, I'm I'm certainly waiting for the non-tenders on December second and, and seeing what will be a, a market, you know, a huge influx of uh, another influx of free agents and um, there, there could be values to be had there. But um, I, again, I, I'd probably be mostly focused on, frankly, if if my hands are as tied financially as it appears, I'm probably most focused on getting Adam Wainwright and Yadi Molina back and and really hoping like heck that. Uh, you know, my young guys come through for me offensively. The off- uh, the answer that we were looking for there was Tommy LaStella and Jock Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony That's what PK was see. looking for. You know, I got to say, um, LaStella is probably one of the more underrated um, free agents this winter because he's a high-contact guy. And, you know, that's we're not in a high-contact uh, environment in Major League Baseball right now. So, you know, zigging where others zag, that there could be value to that. And so, yeah, that, that makes a tremendous amount of sense. I like scoring more runs and having more RBIs than strikeouts <laughs> over the course of your career. I'm into players like that. Yeah, I mean, those are a rare commodity right now. Uh, guys who don't strike themselves out of innings are uh, a beautiful thing in baseball right now. Anthony, we always appreciate the time, man. People can find your work over at MLB.com. They can give you a follow at Castrovince on Twitter. Thanks so much for hopping on with us. We look forward to talking with you soon. Hopefully this hot stove heats up eventually, man. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.